Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Tuesday, May 29th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Your first daily dose of happy, not only for the day, but for the week, because uh, we took the day off yesterday. We figure Memorial Day, you know, it's a good excuse to just not do a podcast or two. And uh, we, we all need the break, but uh, it's good to be back. And it's good to be back after a very successful book launch this weekend because. Starting on day one of the launch of the ebook of our uh, collaborative book, Your Daily Dose of Happy, Real Success Stories of the Law of Attraction, we hit number one in a category on Amazon. And within a day, we were in number one in two categories on Amazon. And Wendy Dellard tells us that she was checking us in Canada and Australia as well as the U.S. And we were number one there as well. So oh. a really, really successful book launch. Yeah, she says that means we are now officially international bestsellers. So <laughs> that's very cool. Awesome. Yeah. That's so wonderful. It, it's a good launch. And, and today actually is the paperback launch. So we're asking people, we have been asking people who are going to buy a paperback, hold off until today. Well, it's today, so go ahead, buy your books. <laughs> don't wait, don't hesitate, because uh, we want to get those numbers up. And who knows, maybe we can hit number one there, too. That would be really great to get it on both sides. That would be fantastic. That's wonderful. Well, I'm getting a lot of feedback from people that are um, enjoying it very much. So it's it's great to hear. It is great to hear. It's nice. So, so yeah. many people have taken an interest in it and that they're they're feeling excited about it and so forth. Um, the only thing that we haven't gotten yet, we haven't gotten anybody actually writing reviews on it, which means they're still reading the book. But that's okay. I mean, you're supposed to read the book before you do the reviews. I, I, always, <laughs> right. I always distrust those reviews that pop up immediately as soon as the book launched. Like, when did you read that anyway? <laughs> well, you know, I've done book launches before where we sent advanced copies to people and, and well, asked true. them yeah. if they would be willing to leave reviews on a certain date because we wanted the reviews to be there. Mm -hmm. um, for when the launch happened. And of course you can't write a review if you're one of the authors. So, right. Right. Uh, so we've done it that way. So some of them, uh, that may be legitimate. <laughs> no, I think that's fine. In fact, yeah. I, I mean, I know that Amazon prefers real reviews from real readers that are unsolicited and, uh, you know, I prefer them too because they're the real deal. I mean, they're right. actually, believe it or not, there are actually services out there that will, create a whole bunch of fake reviews for you can you believe people would do that and yet that's a, a rampant problem on amazon and yeah, uh, I, I just don't is. want to be a part of anything like that because i mean the energy is bad for one thing but for yeah, another, and there's just no not no reason for us to be because no. as long as we're in alignment with exactly. a great book launch and we produced a great book and it's full of wonderful stories um then there's no need for that the reviews will come it's exciting it is i, I in fact i've got to tell you something I'm already thinking about the next book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of had that feeling as I was reading the end of the book. <laughs> yeah, well, I did kind of give a clue there. Like, if you have any stories, send in a story to stories at LOAToday.net. Yeah, that's true. I did throw that in. <laughs> you know what's really funny, though, is that as I was reading through the book, um, I don't know if it was just reading people's experiences and then, you know, how your brain tends to start going off on a train of thought and thinking and connecting. Mm. But I started thinking about people that I know and their stories. And I was like, wow, I know a lot of people with great stories. And then when I got to the end and I saw that you had mentioned a second book, because I was thinking the same thing. There's so many amazing stories out there. I've actually um, been thinking so about it. In, oh, they are. I've been thinking about it in terms of, wouldn't it be great to have a monthly book? Like the January book, so 31 stories for January and 28 stories for February and 31 for March, so you could do a story a day. Oh, you know, 12 books cool. a year, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and when you and I mean, this book has 55 stories in it, so it's pretty hefty. You know, put it down to like a month's worth of stories is like a normal size book again, <laughs> and the price comes down too because you don't have as much printing to do each copy, but. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that, uh, you know, keep putting out copies like that. Then we truly are like the Chicken Soup for the Soul series because, I mean, how many of different kinds of Chicken Soup books have come out? It's been like, I don't know. There's a lot of them, dozens of them, put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, often I see the call for stories. for So they're, it's a continuing thing. They're, they're still doing it. Yep, so. yep. And I'm also well, thinking I'm, this I'm time. I'm happy I'm... celebrating a successful ebook launch. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah, we have and, uh, and you know, if it it's still it's a really reasonable price. So Oh yeah. Hasn't picked, that didn't, 
you know, hear about it and didn't pick up the free copy, it's still it's, it's uh, only two ninety nine for the ebook, and if you decide to get the the fifteen dollar paperback, we give you the ebook for free. So either way, it's still very very reasonable to get that ebook. And it's it's just I, I don't know I'm I'm having fun with it because uh, it's it's fun to hear all these different experiences in the in the different voices, you know, because it's <laughs> people's unique stories. Yeah, it is. So it is. It's, it's, it's really great. I, I don't have, I don't know which one's my favorite yet. <laughs> well, you know, I've been asked by a few people what my favorite story is. And honestly, just I think partly because I was the editor and I had to you know, do some of the rewriting and all that kind of stuff. I think I, I didn't dare have a favorite while I was doing it because I wanted to make each story as good as it could be. And I think it's going to be like a few weeks before I can pick a favorite just because I have to I had to stay in that mindset throughout the editing process. In order to be fair to everybody's stories, and I think I'm still there partly. So it's yeah, just that take makes a while, sense. You know, um, that makes sense. I mean, I, I will tell you honestly, one of my favorite stories is yours. <laughs> it, w- it was a great story, um, just, and just, you know, just because read... you, you you manifested an owl. I mean, <laughs> an owl! <laughs> Holy cow! Not well, only did you, know you manifest an owl, but you manifested one in the middle of a city. That I mean, that yeah. part's the mind blowing part. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it was a it was I mean, I don't even know. I don't know if all owls are big. I don't think they are. I've seen some little ones in pictures and Mm. really, really big ones. But this one was big because the window in my office is wider than three feet. And the window goes from the floor to the ceiling. And I and I'm facing that window most of the time when I'm working because my desk is against, you know, facing that window. So the owl's wingspan was as wide or wider than the window because the owl was filling up my entire window and it flew up from the ground all the way to the top. So it's like it made sure I could see it. Like you're not going to miss this one, Cindy, no matter what. Right, right. Wow. Like a rustling sound with its wings against my window and it caused me to look up. What is that? And I look up and there it is. And it just took me a minute to process what had just happened. And then yeah. I realized, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. The shock of that, I would think, would be pretty big. Yeah. I almost burst into tears. <laughs> oh, my. Like, wow. <laughs> it was like, you know, uh, I didn't know what. And I immediately um, made a phone call and then posted in the group where I had said, this is what I'm going to, to do. Um I posted, a, I wrote a story about it and posted a picture of an owl. And it was so funny because people said, is that the owl? Yeah, of course <laughs> they did. Like, no, no. <laughs> well, you didn't have a camera in your hand when it happened. How could you not do that? <laughs> and the whole event lasted like, you know, just a few seconds. Exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I've never seen another owl at this window again. Um, that's the only owl I've ever seen besides going to the Renaissance fair and seeing all the birds of prey out there and the falcons. Wow. And everything. So yeah, it's that's a pretty story. amazing. Yeah, it's a great story. And and <laughs> that's why I like it so much because you, there are other kinds of stories where you can kind of justify, pretend like law of attraction didn't play a role in it. You know, use the rational mind. That one, there's no, how do you, how do you stage an owl sighting outside of your window in Baton Rouge, Louisiana? Well, you know what's yeah, but you know what's funny is that there's another part to this story that didn't I didn't put into the essay. Oh, what's that? And that was that about three days later, I was cleaning out my email box, my inbox, and I noticed I've I've been on um, Abraham Hicks's email list forever. You know, mm-hmm. um, as long as I can remember, more right. than a decade, and. I don't always read them every single day, right? So <laughs> I noticed that, uh, oh, I, ha- I haven't read them. So I read the one for that particular day. And it was about three days after the owl had shown up. And in their email banner, there was an owl. Oh, no kidding. And I said, oh, my gosh, has that always been there? <laughs> um, and so I checked the one for the day before. There was the owl. I checked the one for the day before that. There was the owl. And that was the day that my owl appeared. But I checked the one at the day before that, and it was just a banner with green trees. Oh, my goodness. So, so the actual day. That day. That, wow. Yeah, so the day that my owl appeared, 
they changed their banner to have an owl in it. And it stayed that way for quite some time. And then I, I, I noticed uh, sometime later that they had gone back to the regular one. But I took screenshots of all of it and I posted it in the blog post that I wrote about it at the time because it was yeah. just so mind blowing to me. I took screenshots with the dates and everything. Um, it was like, so yeah, it was, um, I guess the universe wanted to make sure I didn't miss the owl. Apparently, so. yeah. <laughs> Now, how how long ago was, was like, this? She's not checking her emails. She's not checking her emails. Yes, right. <laughs> Send in the reinforcements. <laughs> how, how long ago was it that, that this whole trans, this this whole sequence of events transpired? Um, it was 2015. So about three years ago. Okay. Yeah. See, now I'm going to check my. I I keep all of the Abraham X emails. I I have them all in a folder. So I'm going to go back and if I can see. You know, can I find the original um, email and, and see if, if I don't know, maybe the uh, uh, the background changes with whatever they do at their main office, but maybe they still have the old background on there. I want to see if I can find the owl. <laughs> I think you'll be able to find it. Um, I, as a matter of fact, I mean, somewhere I have this uh, on my blog somewhere, there is the screenshot of it. So I have the date. I made oh. sure the date was in. The, in oh, the... Okay. What time of year was it? Do you remember? I, oh, gosh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember, but uh, I'll, right. I'll look sure on your I... site. I'll look on your site and find the, uh, the the thing, the screenshot that you posted. Because <laughs> there it is. It was it was quite amazing. I would um I would you know I need to do that more often, right? It was just it was just uh, an idea that was in you know a book that said here decide what you want to manifest, and then it's going to come in the next forty eight hours. And, uh, and it was where, 20, 26 hours later. Okay, it was January 15th, 2015. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, pretty amazing, right? Very amazing. Um, yeah. Now, okay, January 15th, 2015. So you got two 15s there. That's kind of cool for people who are like in, uh, numerology and so forth. Uh, but why an owl? I mean, of all the things you could have asked for, where did that come from? I like owls. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I just really, I really love owls. And I guess I just was trying to think of something. I wanted it to be something that was a little bit out of the ordinary. Yeah, that worked. <laughs> and, and at the same time, I wanted to be something that I could believe for. Mm. So, you know, like I said in the story, manifesting a brand new Mercedes or, a world peace or something, you know, some things may have seemed too impossible, like, oh, I don't think that's going to happen. And so but the, here's the thing is that in my mind, when I decided I'll have an owl, I thought someone was going to send me a greeting card with an owl on it or mm. some product that I had ordered would arrive and part of the label would have an owl on it. Or, you know, I, I wasn't thinking a real live beautiful owl <laughs> was going to come to me <clears throat> you know i didn't go looking for it it wasn't like oh i happened to be out at the you know zoo <laughs> right mean, right i was sitting in my office so i chose it because for two reasons one it, i would know when it showed up because it wasn't something i saw every day and yet i thought it would be pretty easy for it to show up but i i thought oh i'll be at the grocery store and i'll see a little kid with a t-shirt with a cartoon owl on it you know yeah um and yet, there it is. My lesson from this was that <clears throat> the universe always outdoes us, right? Always shows up in some way that is better than what we could have imagined. Well, I'm I'm really glad that you posted that on your your blog on your website because I just checked my emails. I only subscribed to the list in August 2015, so I don't have that email. <laughs> I have everything since then, but I don't have that anything going back that far. So I'm really glad you posted the pictures because that way I get to see awesome. it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, <laughs> so the the part I left out of the essay with the with the email banners from Abraham Hicks, which it's that's kind of funny in itself, right? Because it was Abraham Hicks. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of wish we'd include it because that makes the story a good story even better. I mean, wow. <laughs> well, I thought we were going for a word count or something. I can't remember why I edited it out. Oh, but... well, that's all right. It's still a good story. <laughs> Even without it, it's still good. It just would have been, you know, like putting the, the icing on top of the cake. <laughs> right, right. So speaking of Abraham Hicks. Yes. 
we have been working our way through Abraham Hicks book, Esther and Jerry Hicks, the teachings of Abraham, money and the law of attraction, learning to attract wealth, health, and happiness. And we are on a section now in, are we in part two where we're talking about we're in part three being and health. Yeah. Well, that's part three. That's part three. Yeah. Part two was actually the money part. That was, that was the specifics about attracting money. But part three is where they're telling us, well, you can attract money all you want to, but if your wealth, your your health and well-being aren't there, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. So let's talk about health and well-being. <laughs> right, and I noticed in our book quite a few stories about health and well-being. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, and um, interesting that I believe this. I believe the section. Yeah, there. The section we're reading now is about well-being, and then there's another section about health. And I think that's an interesting distinction. Hmm. Yeah. Because it makes me wonder you know, why they did that. Why 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 would they separate it, I wonder. I guess I guess health is only one aspect of well being, so that's the way they're probably distinguishing it. Yeah. And I know the thing that has really struck me so far about this section is the idea that when we start feeling unease or dis-ease in the body, that they say it is a result of us complaining <laughs> and that it doesn't have to be a result of us complaining about feeling bad or complaining about our own body. It can be a result of us complaining about anything. So while we're complaining about the weather or our neighbor or our job or whatever, that it can, that vibration can start showing up in our body as a lack of well-being. Boy, if that's not a cautionary warning, I don't know what is. Like, guys, lighten up if you want to have a healthy body. Right? I mean, I think that more than anything in this section, that stood out to me when it said, you know, just complaining about anything. Because the way it said it was that if you're complaining about pain or, or a health issue in your body, they said it's there because you were complaining about something else before it showed up. And that really like, is ouch. true as I think about Ooh. it. I mean, I, I, I don't have, I haven't like gone through my entire life and, and all the situations, but my impression is that is actually true. I'm, I'm remembering a few situations that were like that, both for me and for my wife. I mean, it's, yeah. There, because, I mean, well, first of all, it was a fairly safe bet. A large part of my, portion of my life, I was very negative anyway. So chances are I was complaining about something. You know, that makes it pretty safe. But but beyond that, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about something that occurred within the last month that really fits that pattern. It was funny. I remember a group that I was in where someone suggested 30 days without complaining. Mm, and Not easy to do. Yeah, not easy to do. And then there became a whole discussion about whether a particular thing was complaining or not. Right? Is it, <laughs> wait, I wasn't complaining about it. I was just making an observation, right? Yeah, and, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love the politically correct ways we do these things, right? I, I don't mean to insult you, but, and then I insult you. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but. No offense, someone but. Someone said to me one time, well, I don't want to say something that sounds derogatory. And I said, then don't. Don't, don't say it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what There's you kind of need. If, if you want to get through 30 days without complaining, that's kind of what you have to have. You almost have to have your own little personal coach following you along saying, uh-uh, oh, oh, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a, a something to shoot for. Well, I think what happens, though, when we make a, a you know plan to do something like that is that it opens our awareness to how often we do complain. It does, yeah. And then, you know, once we start being more aware of it and we start catching ourselves, it's like anything else. First, we catch ourselves after the fact. Oh, here I am. I've been complaining for five minutes about this. And <laughs> yes, then, right. then we start catching ourselves in the middle of the complaint. And then pretty soon we start we start recognizing the sense of, oh, stop. <laughs> and right. we stop. We start catching ourselves early enough to, to change the habit. So once- it's, it's definitely worth doing. 
the the one thing I would recommend to anyone who wants to work on something like this is do it when you're already in a fairly good place. You know, when your when your emotional set point is relatively in the positive range. And the reason I say that is when I first became aware of the secret and the law of attraction, uh, actually ten and a half years ago, I, I I think I actually wrote in the book it was November two thousand eight, but I realized recently it was actually two thousand seven, um, because November two thousand seven is when I saw the secret, and my father passed in March two thousand eight, and at the time I was wishing I I understood it well enough that I could help him um, mm. during that period of his life. Um, but that was the way I connected. I said, oh, it wasn't November 2008. It was 2007. But anyway, ever since I uh, saw the movie and realized, recognized just how important it was to get my thoughts in alignment, I was, first of all, I was not in a particularly great place anyway when I saw the book and read it for the first time. I was fairly depressed. I wouldn't say I was in depression range. I was more in like frustration to irritated range. But there were times where I'd get pretty depressed. And after I, I understood that it was my own thought process doing it, I got really depressed because I didn't see any way to stop the pattern. I mean, it mm. was so prevalent. It was it was so clear to me how often I was uttering all this junk. And I, I couldn't imagine stopping it. There was so much of it coming out. So that's why I'm saying don't take on that challenge unless you're in a good place already. You could probably make yourself more depressed. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's kind of like I told that story about, I think it was my sister that told me when she was speaking to someone and she was like, just learning about, you know, the power of our thoughts. And she was very excited about it and had a, you know, not a real strong grasp of how to explain it yet. Mm. And she just said, you know, it's your thoughts, you know, you just have to change your thoughts. And the person said, change my thoughts well i can't change my thoughts mm -hmm. <laughs> and she said she said i'm not responsible for what i'm thinking and she said, well, who? <laughs> my sister said well who is well, like, good question <laughs> um and so we get into these habits and they're hard I, I you know listening to you talk about thinking that finding out that it was your own thoughts and thinking how there's no way out of this um it sounds like it might have been an easier thought to think it was something outside of you to change. Oh, right? absolutely. Of course. That, that gives you something to blame. Oh, well, <laughs> it's that's always true easier, too. right? <laughs> that's true too. And there's that energy level of, of blame yeah. that's really prevalent in the world. And that's why we see people that think that if they just get a different job or move to a different city or mm -hmm. get a different partner or whatever, things will change. And sometimes those are necessary moves that we should make, but sometimes, sometimes yeah. we just end up at another jo job with a boss, just like the one we just left. Right. Or the same problems go with us. Why is that? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> It's like Abraham had said at one point, you know, you, you can leave to go anywhere you want to, but you still bring yourself. Right. And that can, Wherever that can be go, the problem. There you are. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> And and that's what I realized. That that's why I became that combined with the fact that I didn't understand yet how to move my own emotional state. I didn't realize that I could actually, in the words that I would have used at that point in time, I could manipulate my emotions. Now mm -hmm. today I would think of it more in terms of I can choose what it is I want to feel, which is a right. completely different way of looking at it. But at the time, I didn't know how to do that. In fact the idea of that seemed impossible to me. So here I am faced on the one hand with the belief that I am not capable of changing my emotional state. And on the other hand, faced with having to change all of these negative thoughts into positive thoughts. That's not a winning combination. <laughs> that's, that's basically self-defeated right there. Yeah. And yet you did. I did. It took me a long time. It took me, actually, it took me, through a number of different stages and steps to slowly get there. And the first yeah. one that I took was based on a recommendation that my wife gave me, which was here's a way you can shift your emotions when you need to shift them. Because uh, she knew I liked to go walking, so she recommended as I'm walking, take stock, take inventory, so to speak, of nature, of what was around me of flowers and trees and colors and sounds and smells and then appreciate them all 
appreciate the the beauty of the the flowers and appreciate the blue sky and appreciate you know all of it appreciate every little detail of it up close not just in general like yeah i appreciate all that no 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 go in and look very very close to the flowers at the trees at, go look at the bark go look at all of it you know smell the air and each time that you you find something stop and feel like okay i really appreciate that and for the most part, the first few times I did it, I was trying to talk myself into something that I really didn't believe I could do. So I didn't really make a whole lot of ground. <laughs> but there was a day that came after I don't know how long it was. I'm going to say it was a couple weeks, but it may have been longer. When all of a sudden I noticed that I had made a shift. And I had to kind of stop and say to myself, well... Was that me making the shift or was it once again my environment shifting me? Because it was a beautiful day out. And that's when I realized, wait a minute, I'd had a whole bunch of really beautiful days and my mood hadn't <laughs> shifted. Why hadn't my mood shifted with all those beautiful days, but today it had? And that's when I finally realized that it can't be the weather, it has to be me. Wow, that's so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be the weather, it has to be me. It can't be the weather because I'd ha yeah. we'd had all these gorgeous days and my mood hadn't shifted. And then all of a sudden I shifted it. Yeah. I mean, that's, so yeah. that's, it's such a good reminder too to people that are just, or maybe not just starting out. Maybe we've been on this oh, road a long time and we, we all yeah. still, we all still experience contrast. Exactly. And recognizing that we need to be gentle with ourselves mm -hmm. and let it unfold in the time, get the support that we need. However, that is, you know, um, a lot of times when people say, well, I can't afford therapy or I can't afford a coach or I can't afford whatever. I always say, get the support you can afford. Maybe it's a book, mm -hmm. right? Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's just reaching out to people that you know. Um, maybe it's just taking a walk in nature, whatever it is. It's your, you're making an intention to find something better. And I can say that the first time I was told to be gentle to myself, it didn't resonate with me. I didn't understand what was meant by it. And my initial reaction was, but I am gentle with myself, even though I really wasn't. But I thought I was. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I don't want to be gentle with myself. That doesn't resonate with me. I just want to <laughs> beat those terrible feelings into submission. <laughs> well, there was that side of me, too. That definitely existed. But if you had asked me, I would have said, well, I'm not mean to myself. Yeah. yeah. I really would have thought that, too. Um, so what would have made more of an impression on me, and I'm recommending this to, to people who find that the phrase, be gentle to yourself, doesn't work is give yourself credit. Mm, yes. Because it's really the same thing. Giving yourself credit is loving yourself. So give yourself credit. What did you do right? Because you've done something right lately. I mean, actually, you've probably done a lot of things right. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be alive. So, you know, just start keeping track of the things that, that you did right and appreciate them. And now it's that, that also takes... Um, for, for me, the word gratitude is a, is a little bit of a difficult word because it can have negative connotations to it. It's mostly positive. Don't get me wrong, but it can have negative connotations to it. And for me, it had a lot of negative connotations. So I couldn't really make myself feel grateful because that always felt cheap. It didn't feel real to me, but I could give myself credit for stuff and I could give myself credit for stuff and feel good about it, which is basically gratitude, by the way. <laughs> But I nevertheless, that, um, when you when you talk about that, the word gratitude and, and, you know, the negative connotation, I always think of um, someone who's feeling like they should yes. be grateful. Exactly. Like, and I remember having that in my life for a long time where I was not in a, a happy marriage. But I kept telling myself. I kept beating myself up for feeling unhappy about my relationship because I had so many other wonderful things in my life. I had great kids. I had a beautiful home. Um, I loved so many things. And I thought you should be grateful, right? It's like, I should be grateful for all the good things in my life instead of focusing on what's not working. And which is when true. You put, when it's you true. You don't, you, don't, you don't want to be ungrateful for the other stuff. It's just that we also tend to turn it into, well, you should be grateful for this thing I don't really like. And that doesn't work. Well, when we put gratitude on ourselves as an obligation. Yes. Or a should or something's wrong with us if we're not grateful, then, right, I totally get what you're saying. It's not, it doesn't feel good nope. to beat yourself up because you're not grateful enough. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. So yeah, but appreciation and giving yourself credit. I really love that phrase because um, we often, and that's a phrase that I've used before speaking with people and clients is saying, I hope you take a moment to stand back occasionally and give yourself credit for all the good things you've done for all the great work you're doing now. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. And that's why I love the mirror work so much. Yes. Yes. The mirror it's work is very powerful. The, we, we blast through life sometimes not really giving ourselves credit. Sometimes you know, you're right. That's super <laughs> important. Yeah. Yeah. I would say most of the time for most of us, I mean, that's basically what most of us do. We just blast through life. <laughs> we get so busy, you know, we do. Yeah. We forget to take the time to align. Heck, I didn't even know the importance of aligning. I never even thought of that concept until I heard it from an Abraham book or something a couple of years ago. And I thought, what? What do you mean get into alignment first? What difference does that make? <laughs> what I loved so much is like people listening wouldn't know this unless they were one of the authors of the book that we, we just launched. But what I love so much is that you were encouraging the authors of the book to share about the book. Of course, that's what we do in a book launch. We go, hey, we have a new book out. But you were encouraging them to get into alignment first. Oh, you yeah. said something like, when you're really in that high-flying spot, feeling really good about the book, then go share it. And I thought, yes, that's it. <laughs> alignment first, alignment first. Well, I, I have taken large portions. The and then trying to get into alignment, you know. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. That doesn't work so well. And, and I, <laughs> I, I do take a long time to learn, but when I learn something, I learn it pretty well. And I have finally learned that one. You do have to get into alignment first. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've been practicing law of attraction for a long, long time, and I don't know that I always remember to get into alignment first. I'm still reminding myself all the time. Well, I, oh. I'm not saying that I, I remember to do it every time. I, <laughs> what I'm saying is I now understand and totally 100% agree with the importance of it. That, that alone is a major shift for me. You know, now actually applying it 100% of the time, well, that, that's further down the road. I'm not quite there yet. I'm working <laughs> on it. I, I, if I can do, do it like 75, 80% of the time throughout the day, that's a big victory. That's a huge victory. So that's the way I look at that. <laughs> I remember hearing somebody say that they, they, um, they got aggravated with somebody that was working for them and they fired the person. I think it was a, you know, like a, someone that they hired to do a specific task mm -hmm. wasn't going well. They fired the person they're really aggravated and started immediately hopped on, you know, the internet or whatever and started looking for someone <laughs> to replace them and then said, Oh no, like, what am I doing? Yeah, right. who, who am I going to, you know, who am I going to end up hiring when I'm in this frame of mind? And I was like, that, but that's the kind of stuff we do all the time. Right? We got to remind ourselves yep. alignment first. So what, you ready to first. hop in? Yeah, let's do it. For the book. Cause we're talking about today. Why do I want perfect bodily conditions that seems like the silliest question ever to me it Wait. does <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't i that would make more sense <laughs> right in the paperback version of money and the law of attraction we are at the top of page 108 um, and it's also available of course on kindle so walt's reading on a kindle and i'm reading the paperback but why do i want perfect bodily conditions Although it may seem strange to you, we cannot begin to address your physical body without addressing your non-physical roots and your eternal connection to those roots, because you, in your physical body, are an extension of that inner being. In very simple terms, in order to be at your maximum state of health and well-being, you must be in vibrational alignment with your inner being. And in order to do that, you must be aware of your emotions or feelings. Your physical state of well-being is directly related to your vibrational alignment with your inner being or source, which means every thought that you think on every subject can positively or negatively affect that connection. In other words, it's not possible to maintain a healthy physical body without a keen awareness of your emotions and a determination to direct your thoughts toward good feeling subjects. And now this part is in italics. When you remember that feeling good is natural 
and you make an effort to find the positive aspects of the subjects that you are considering, you will train your thoughts to match the thoughts of your inner being. And that is of tremendous advantage to your physical body. When your thoughts are chronically good feeling, your physical body will thrive. I want, I want to interrupt just a second there because this, is, this includes a little topic that they, they're, they're not directly addressing it here, but they bring it up indirectly through the phrasing. And it's one that we never really talk about, but boy, it, it's an important one. The phrase I'm looking at is, you will train your thoughts to match the thoughts of your inner being. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, so my inner being has different thoughts than I do? And mm. yet that's part of me. How can that be? That's interesting. When I read that that phrase, you will train your thoughts, it, it reminded me of the conversation we just had prior to diving into the book today mm-hmm. about yep. you on your walks appreciating, you know, the, the, the leaves on the trees and the, I mean, up close and personal appreciating, really making that intention to appreciate. And it didn't have that effect of you know, you feeling better right away. No. But in that process, you were training your thoughts. I was, yeah. I mean, I would imagine your inner being appreciates nature. I would think so. All of our inner beings would appreciate. And so I thought that was interesting too, that the thoughts of our inner being, I mean, that's what we're coming into alignment with. Mm -hmm. Right? And yeah, how interesting that, I mean, the idea of, the inner side of ourselves, so to speak, the, the non-physical side, having its own independent thoughts, thoughts that are independent from the physical side. So in other words, we've got two sets of thoughts going on in us. I, and I'm, I'm not quite sure how to reconcile that in my mind. Well, I'm curious about whether this is one of the things that I will explain when I'm teaching about intuition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's the whole right brain, left brain thing. Right. But there's also like intuitively, I think most of us have had an experience where we did the forehead slap. Oh, I should have listened to my gut. Right. It's like, oh, I knew Mm -hmm. I wasn't supposed to do that because our intuition was saying one thing. And one of the things I I often say is that the logical side, I mean, I don't know what else to call it. So I always say like the logical side of us will or logic itself will try to argue with the intuition like we'll get an intuitive hit and then immediately there's something in us that's arguing about it well Mm -hmm. you know it's like oh i need to call so and so well you can wait until later like don't do it now um i i i often have someone on my mind for days before i reach out it's like i'm always beating myself up about that it's like you've been thinking about this person for three or four days why haven't you reached out yet and called them or contacted them or sent them a facebook message i'm getting better after all these years, <laughs> sometimes now it's just two days. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but is that my inner being and then my physical being? I mean, I don't know. But I see those two sets of thoughts because often they're not in alignment and they argue with each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess the reason I, I'm struck by it is my inner being is part of me. Right. It's you. It's not something. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's like, no, so oh, wait. I'm fighting with myself here. <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much yeah. what it means. Yeah. And and I see it like one of my favorite things to do to relax is to play online poker, play money chips. And I even wrote a story That's about one it of book. my favorite stories in the book. Is it? Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, yet just yesterday, I can think of an example of exactly what we're talking about. There was one particular point where somebody had raised a big raise and I'm sitting there holding a queen seven, which is not a real strong hand at all. It's actually pretty weak. And if you keep calling with a queen seven, you're going to lose really quickly. <laughs> I mean, the odds are extraordinarily against you. And yet there was this little gnawing piece of me that kept looking at the seven. And I'm saying, the seven, seven, that, that's not a strong number at all. <laughs> you want aces, kings, <laughs> queens, that's where all the power is. And so I folded and the flop came eight, seven, seven. Oh, three sevens. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an example of me ignoring the inner voice and Dang. saying, well, why did I do that? <laughs> and right? how and it's always that I... logical logic says oh, seven is not good. You know, yeah. yeah. And, and how do I keep myself from doing that in the future? Because 
I mean, I do know what the odds are. I, and I, I know when to play the odds. Most of the time you play the odds because that's the smart thing to do. But right. you also have to be willing to, to connect into the inner being. Okay, well then, when can I really trust that the message that I'm getting from my inner being really is a message from my inner being and not my conscious mind saying, oh, I wonder if this is a message from the inner being. I'll just say that it is. <laughs> well, I think that what happens is it's like anything else. Like, I, if you called me on the phone this afternoon and I said, not knowing who you were, right? Hello. And you said, hey, Cindy, I would know it was Walt right away because I know your voice. Mm-hmm. There are other people that call me. Who is this? I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's the training our thoughts to match the thoughts is Just part of that really is that we start learning that intuitive voice or that inner being's voice so well that we just know we know it that's a good point that's a good point because that, that's really what we're trying to train isn't it we're trying to train the recognition but the thing is is that i i know your voice because i talk to you you know twice a week for an right. hour yep and that's the part is that that's the reason why these things don't happen immediately is that mm-hmm. it takes time for us to recognize and to get into a groove and to train our thoughts and to understand what our inner being sounds like when it's speaking to us. So really then the strongest thing we can do is the training part. And the training part is literally nothing more than uh, focusing on the good feeling stuff. Yeah. Just practice. Yeah. Cause the more practice. we do that, then the more we're going to recognize uh, internal messages that match that. And that's where we start to notice what that internal voice sounds like, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. It says, of course, there's a broad range of emotions from those that feel very bad to those that feel very good. But in any moment in time, because of whatever you are focused upon, you actually only have two choices in emotion, a better feeling one or a worse feeling one. So you could accurately say that there are really only two emotions and you effectively utilize your guidance system when you deliberately choose the better feeling of those two options and in doing so in time, <laughs> that's an important little thing to remember there in time, in time, right? yes, in time, you can tune yourself to the precise frequency of your inner being. And when you do that, your physical body will thrive. Now I also remember the first time I saw Abraham whether it was in this book or another one, I don't remember for sure, saying that they're really only two emotions, better feeling ones or good feeling or, or worse feeling ones. And that makes sense, you know, positive or negative or whatever. But there was also that rational mind kicking in there saying, well, some of my feelings are neutral. <laughs> <laughs> so there's actually a third category. <laughs> and I, I, I was kind of uh, trapped by that one for a while. I, was, I kept you know, modifying my mind. Well, there's good and there's bad and there's neutral. Until I finally remembered that neutral is actually just another word for negative, but it's politically correct. <laughs> There's the reason- not a lot of um, energy to it, right? It's kind of, eh. There, well, there, there's actually more negative energy than you might think to a neutral feeling. Um, we think that we call it neutral and we say it's neutral because in our, in our conscious minds, that means it doesn't really have a whole lot of energy. But when you right, actually not a lot of feeling. Well, yeah, a lot of feeling to them. But when you actually look at them up close, they have more feeling than we give them credit for. And the other thing that I always remind myself is a neutral feeling is a lot like an abstention in a legislature. Like when they, <laughs> like in the U.S. Senate, if you have a vote on something, and I mentioned this last week, <clears throat> if uh, you have 49 senators voting in favor and 49 senators voting, voting against and two abstaining, the motion fails. Because the two abstentions get counted with the no votes. The only way to win is if the yeses get 50% plus one. In other words, 51 votes. So an abstention is basically voting no, but pretending that you really didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a really good, I think that's a good analogy. Because when we talk about law of attraction, our goal is generally to be on that upper end of the emotional scale. Mm -hmm. When we talk about taking actions we talk about being inspired. We want to be aligned. We want our actions to be inspired action and neutral just doesn't fly no. where that is. No, nope. you're right. It, it, I mean, that's a great analogy. 
Um, but I really love this part that we just read, the reminder that, you know, there are really only two emotions. It's, it's either, it either feels better or it doesn't. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I like that even better than what they wrote. They wrote a better feeling one or a worse feeling one. But you, the way you said it is better. It either feels better or it doesn't. It, now we're focusing purely on better feeling. We're, 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 just, we're, we're not spending a lot of time on worse feeling. We're just saying it feels better or it doesn't feel better. That's all there is to it. And you so know when you are at the eye feeling. doctor and they keep going back and forth and they're like, better or better? better. Yeah, better or better, better? right. Is better? One or two? One or two? One or two. And it's like, for me, I always feel like half the time I'm going, eh, eh. <laughs> right? It's neutral. It's like, uh, it's not really better or worse. Mm -hmm. And so if it's not better or worse, it's not better. <laughs> That's right. We're going, we're going for the better. And so I, I love the idea of, see, I, I always shy away from saying bad or good feelings mm -hmm. or positive or negative feelings, because I think they're all good and they're all positive in the way that they're all important and they're all valid. Mm. They may be uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but sometimes uncomfortable feelings are serving us really well, right? Ask anybody who has, you know, escaped being uh, attacked or something. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Fear can serve us really well. It's important that we recognize that it's not always a bad thing to um, to feel scared or to feel some uncomfortable feeling. It's always uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but it doesn't make it negative or bad. So I like to say all of our feelings are a miracle. All of our feelings are important. They're always giving us valid information. And I think that even though the verbiage isn't the same with Abraham Hicks, I think Abraham would agree because they talk about our guidance system. Mm-hmm. And that's the guidance system. It is. Sometimes it gives us, you know, we don't always like to see that red light on the dashboard. Um, but it is telling us something important. And it is giving us information that could help us. So it either feels better or it doesn't. Choose the better. Move towards what feels better, even if it's just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But I love the recognition here and the reminder that while we do this, while we tune into that frequency that feels better we're actually supporting our physical body yeah that's a very, not just very our mental state not just in my head how good i feel or how happy my heart feels but we're talking about my physical health is going to start thriving when i remember to keep choosing the better feeling thought interesting thing about better feeling too which i like i like your approach on that when it's a better feeling thought when it's a better feeling anything if you're always going for the better feeling stuff, you end up in your highest range eventually. The you mean as it, far as like your default, like you will move it up where most yeah. of the time you're in it? Yeah, yeah. Because even if you start in depression and you work your way up to, to rage, which is a little bit better than depression, I mean, I don't want to stay there. I don't want to live in that space, but I have moved up. And the, the reason I don't want to stay in that space is I'm still looking for the better feeling. So the next opportunity, what's better feeling than that? Well, maybe it's just irritation. Certainly better feeling than rage. Okay, well, that feels better. It doesn't feel good yet, but it feels better. So what comes better than that? Well, better than that is bored. What's better than bored? Well, hope. Well, what feels mm. better than hope? Well, feeling good. Well, what feels better than feeling good? Feeling great. Well, what feels better than feeling great? Feeling joyous. What feels better? And now all of a sudden you're at the top of the scale. Yeah. And you notice you didn't try to make that big leap from feeling, you know, depressed to feeling joyful. And I think that's a real sticking point for a lot of people when we're way down in the dumps and we try, we know that joy is the thing that really creates magic. And so we just decide we're going to find joy and it, it's a, it's a climb up the ladder. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I couldn't even see joy when I first found yeah. uh, myself no. in that really depressed state and realized and understood that I really was feeling depressed. When I tried to find joy, I couldn't find it anywhere. I mean, it was just nowhere in my vis visual range, nowhere in my feeling range, nowhere in the house, nowhere outside of the house. It was nowhere. I couldn't see it anywhere. Yeah, it was. It's pretty much impossible for anybody to see when they're way down there. Yeah. And then when they can't, you know, if that's what they're reaching for, it's really easy to kind of beat yourself up 
for not being able to see it, but no one can see it there. And it's always got to be incremental. And so I love the way you climbed through that, that scale, because that's exactly what happens. And someone that's been in a, you know, in a really uh, deep depression, you were talking about rage. Um, Often anger is when anger is suppressed that's what it turns into depression. And often when the depression starts to lift, that will be the next place. So you may hear someone say, I mean, I can say of myself that being in that place of feeling like a victim and being depressed and being feeling trapped for a long time in a bad relationship. And then when I finally started realizing some of the things that were going on and some of the things I was allowing to happen, then I just got angry and I was angry for a while. It's like, and mm-hmm. you know what? That was okay. It was part of the process, but I did move out of that sure. into a place of deciding that I was going to be responsible. That's really the next level is responsibility mm-hmm. of being responsible for my own thoughts and my own feelings. And then it's like the, the, the sun starts to break through the clouds and you're able to keep going up and up and up, That's but right. it's definitely gradual, but just knowing, you know, I love this idea that there's really, there's really only two. We can talk about, you know, a hundred different words and it's really great to improve and expand your emotional vocabulary. It's a, it's an important thing to do. And yet also really great to re- remember it either feels better or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. move towards what feels better and how nice to know that when we do focus on on feeling better on reaching for what feels a little bit better we are healing our bodies i know that's the thing is like i <laughs> i think i had a bit of an aha moment i would i would have said that i've always known that oh, well of course of course it's, it's on some level yeah you are you're gonna feel healthier right but just seeing that connection is like a big wow for me. Yeah. Um, the whole idea that when we're complaining, we're actually creating disease in our own body. It Even reinforces... if it's not showing up yet. No, exactly. Exactly. And it really reinforces for me something that I was working on today in my mirror work that I kind of started today because I do have a tendency to... How do I express it? Um, I have a tendency to not allow myself to really feel something passionately that I want to get to. Does that make sense? Say it, say it again. I I have a tendency to... When you say that I want to get to, do you mean like a project or... Like like an emotional state that I want to get to. Okay, okay. uh, Literally for the purpose of, of leveraging the law of attraction. Okay, right. Because you have to be not just in a positive state, but you really want to feel it deeply. I mean, I, I think it was yesterday's message from Abraham that said something to the effect of if if you feel the, the, the strong, strong, strong desire, it actually overcomes any need for belief. The, the desire makes it strong enough. You know, just because you're, oh, wow. you're passionately and powerful about oh, how strongly you want it. And I was realizing I haven't allowed myself to feel that passionate about something in a long, long time. Well... I think it's about time I did. <laughs> it's about time I allowed that. You know, so that's that's actually my biggest goal right now with the mirror work is allowing myself to really feel it and to, you know, feel it so deeply that it's like a driving force within me and it just feels like it's overwhelmingly powerful. Well, I was I was looking at the one that you were talking about from yesterday and they were talking about um hard work not being the path to well-being. Feeling good is the path to well-being. It's exactly what we're reading today. So we're right on on cue here. Um, And where it says, you don't create through action, you create through vibration. And then your vibration calls action from you. I think that's a really interesting way to put it. Mm. Because I always get that sense too, that inspired, when we're inspired, it's that we've got a vision of something out in front of us and it's just pulling us. It's like, it, it doesn't feel like effort because we're drawn to do it. We're excited Mm -hmm. about it. We can't wait to do it. There isn't any, you know, forcing ourselves. And that all happens because the feelings lined up. Yep. So with you, I love, I love hearing about your mirror work. (laughs) (laughs) 
because it's it's made such a change. It has. Yeah. Or I have more precisely. I've made the change because You've I made chose the to change. Do it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's amazing. So that so sound you hear is me reaching around and patting myself on the back. <laughs> I think it's great. Give yourself credit, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Give myself right? credit. Give yourself credit. <laughs> um, so this is we've been we've I want to see if we can cover we've got five minutes. I, yeah. I think we can cover this one part yeah, we because can do this. what we were talking about before about it's right here. That inner voice, yeah. you know, that tells you to go with the sevens. It's like, yes, <laughs> right. So how can I, it says, I can trust my eternal inner being, uh, your inner being. And by the way, inner being is always italicized mm-hmm. in this chapter. Right. Um, your inner being is the source part of you that continues to evolve through the thousands of life experiences that you live. And with each sifting and sorting experience, the source within you always chooses the best feeling of the available choices, which means your inner being is eternally tuning itself to love and joy and all that is good. That is the reason that when you choose to love another or yourself rather than find fault, you feel good. Good feeling is confirmation of your alignment with your source. When you choose thoughts that are out of alignment with source, which produces an emotional response like fear or anger or jealousy, those feelings indicate your vibrational variance from source. Source never turns away from you, but offers a steady vibration of well-being. And so when you feel negative emotion, it means that you are preventing your vibrational access to source and to the stream of well-being. As you begin telling stories about your body and your life and your work and the people in your life that feel good as you tell them, you will achieve a steady connection with that stream of well-being that is ever flowing to you. And as you focus upon things that you desire, feeling positive emotion as you focus, you access the power that creates worlds and you flow it toward your object of attention. Interesting. They're talking about the, the inner being and what they, they're actually talking about. I, I thought they were going to give us some instruction, so to speak. But what they're really saying is, here's how your inner being connects and, and relates with you. Not quite what I thought. Yeah. And this this idea of a stream of well-being. Um, in other words, that well-being is always flowing to us. Right. And that it's whether we access it or not. It's whether so we it access says- it. And it's where it's whether we are aware of it really it's the awareness i think well i love this as you begin telling stories about your body and your life and your work and the people in your life that feel good as you tell them you will achieve a steady connection with that stream of well-being so it's about telling the better feeling story (laughs) there it is again there it is again and we've got a whole book of them for you which is that's right Yeah, if you can't come up with your own stories, read ours. That'll get you going. Well, you know, that's the thing is that that's how we do it. We we hang out with people who are who are in a certain vibration. We read books that produce a certain vibration, mm-hmm. right? If everything is energy and everything has a frequency, then this is the reason why we always tell people go watch a funny movie yep. if they're feeling low, right? Because it's a frequency. So better feeling stories wherever you're right. If we don't, if you don't have your own right now, read someone else's, listen to someone else's. And a great place to start is your daily dose of happy, real success stories of the law of attraction, which is now (laughs) available on Amazon. Uh, Today is actually the the day we're pushing people to buy the paperback. So if you haven't bought the paperback, please buy it today, Tuesday, May 29th, 2018, because we're trying to shoot our way up to the top of the rankings for paperback like we did for ebook. I'm going to go buy mine right now. There you go. All <laughs> right. See, now we got, there it is, our next sale. It's right there. It's cool. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> this has been great. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow. And we hope you'll join us as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.